when your battery loses power, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Pick up a superstar battery that's an exact fit for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts has a reliable, hardworking, superstar battery you can count on. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. NBA Draft is upon us. Doug Gottlieb Show, CBS Sports Radio. My uh, partner in crime, John Rothstein, He's along for the ride. He's a CBS college basketball insider. He's joining me, and uh, I am uh, really honored to have uh, Jonathan Javoni joining us. Uh, you can go to his website, draftexpress.com. Follow him on Twitter. Here's a guy who goes all around the world and sees all these players from the time they're like 14, 15, 16 years old up until draft day. And it's just a great sense for who these players are and uh, how they really will look not just now on a basketball court, but in the next couple of years. And he joins us as he heads over to Barclays uh, for the NBA draft. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Chris Brzingis is the guy that everybody's talking about, but no one who's talking about him outside of people like yourself. I've watched him on tape, but very few people have seen him play in person. Give me your impressions of him as a player. Well, he's a freak. He's seven foot one, extremely long. And a terrific athlete, just explosive, head above the rim, quick, agile, coordinated, and very, very skilled. Can shoot threes with ease. I mean, just does it. He's very, very smooth, can handle the ball. I mean, he's he's a guy you watch in a workout. You're like, wow. I mean, he. we have to think about him with the number one picks. When you Now, in a 5-on-5 setting, it doesn't always add up. He's got his ups and downs. I mean, he was playing, you know, in the ACB, which is the toughest league in the world outside the NBA. And so he, he, he was productive, though. He was not, you know, like a Scottish really kind of thing where he was the 14th man. He, he averaged double figures in that league, which is impressive. I, I think he's, uh, he's a really, really tantalizing guy. And, and we don't really know where he's going to get drafted right now. His range is kind of all over the place. You know, you're hearing the Knicks like him, but, you know, who knows what they're going to do. And then you start getting into Orlando and Sacramento and Denver. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a range there for him. But he's going to be a top-ten pick, and he's going to be a really interesting guy to follow. He's a very, very nice kid, speaks phenomenal English. So, um, yeah, he's very intriguing. Hey, Jonathan, it's John Rothstein. You know, I'm curious, if Kristaps Porzingis played last year in college, where do you think his value and his rating would be on the big board compared to somebody like Carl Anthony Towns, who looks like he will be the first overall pick to Minnesota? I think it would be similar. I don't think that Porzingis is this mystery man that nobody has really seen. I mean, every NBA GM was in Seville this year, many of them multiple times. The people at Seville told me that, Philadelphia GM Sam Hinkie was there 10 times this year. They said Rob Hennigan from Orlando was there five times. They said really every single top-level decision-maker saw him play live multiple times. So I feel like he got a similar level of exposure um, to the NBA execs as the college guys did. And sometimes, you know, for in many instances, more. Just him being there with Mario Hizoni, who was also going to be a top-ten pick, made it very easy for teams to just hop over for a weekend. A lot of times you see Barcelona on Saturday, Seville on Sunday. I actually got to see Seville play one afternoon at 12.30, took the train up to Madrid, and saw Hizonia playing against Estudiantes at, you know, in the evening. So it really couldn't have been any easier. Um, I think that the, you know, the world has gotten much smaller here in terms of scouting. You talk about fans and media, I mean, sure, they, for them – um, Porzingis and his own yard, these mystery guys, but not for the NBA execs. I, I listen. I would agree with you. I think I, I started the, the show, Jonathan, by by saying, look, fans fear it because they fear the unknown. 
Right? They they haven't seen him, so they can't they can't form their own opinion. They have to use somebody else's opinion. That's just just disarming for people. Uh, you mentioned Hazonia. Uh, I've seen him play on tape multiple times. Um, here's a guy who played uh, for Real Madrid. They won the ACB. Uh, he's of Croatian descent. What six seven six eight? Uh, how do you think he will look on an NBA floor? I'm really really high on Hazonia. He's a guy that I think. If he were in college, I think he would go higher, not because of the exposure, but because he would have played a lot more. Him being on Barcelona, which is you know one of the most loaded rosters in Europe, they have like five shooting guards. You know, it's five guys in this position that he's competing with on a, on a daily basis for minutes. And there's a lot of politics there with you know Barcelona not wanting him to leave. They wanted him to extend his contract, so they kind of jerked him around in terms of his minutes. So. I don't know if we got a perfect sense of exactly who he is because he was on such a short leash over there. I think if you, you know, bring him over to the States and you throw him into a college game, I mean, this guy could be, you know, he could be the number one scorer in college basketball. I think people would be going nuts over him. What's the biggest difference in Emmanuel Moutier right now versus a year ago when he was a prep player headed to SMU as a point guard for Larry Brown? I think that the level of physicality that, that he faced, you know, going up against men, the Chinese league is not a tough league by any means in terms of defense, but it's a little bit of a dirty league, and they, they get away with quite a bit there in terms of just, you know, the elbows and, and all that. So I don't think that he really benefited by being over there. He played very little. You know, they, they barely practice. They play three times a week. They put him on the shelf with the injury, and you know I don't think that was a very positive situation for him in terms of development. But I still think he's going to get drafted in the top seven. You know, similar to Dante Exum last year, um, there was it was a wasted year for him. But I still think he's going to be a really good player. Which is exactly, by the way, when, when it happened when he announced he's going to China, I said I thought it was a wasted year, and it's it's hard because it's hard. You guys understand this, and especially Jonathan, you do. Is when you go overseas, they don't want young players because young players don't help them win. They don't want to develop somebody who's going to play in the NBA. That's of, like, no interest to them. All right, just give me one more guy. One more, because, you know, the the stat that's floating around out there is 23 foreign-born players drafting the lottery since 85, only three All-Stars. And one of the points I like to make is, a lot of times it's because the better players are not selected in the lottery because they have a contract and they're not coming over right away. Uh, from Marcin Gortat to Mano Ginobili to, you know, Diaw, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, give me one other foreign player who you've seen, you really like. We're going to hear his name called tonight. Willie Hernan Gomez is Porzingis' teammate at Seville. He was actually a much more productive player on a nightly basis for Seville than Porzingis was. Porzingis came off the bench. Hernan Gomez is 6'11". He's got a great body, and he's very, very skilled. I mean, he dropped 30 points on Real Madrid this year, which very few guys in Europe can say that, especially guys who are 21 years old. He's considered the future of Spanish basketball at the center position once Marcus and Pau Gasol retire. So, he is really, really hoping to go in the second round because the second round, you're not limited by the rookie scale. You can negotiate any kind of contract you want. I mean, you know, he could, you can theoretically negotiate a max contract for a second round pick. So he's probably thinking 
Uh, I'm going to go in the second round. I'm going to sign back in Real Madrid, the team that he grew up with, and I'll come over to the NBA two or three years from now. I'll sign a contract like Nikola Meritich did for the Bulls this past year, and he'll be able to step in right away. It's a very different path than Porzingis and his own year on, but, you know, Spanish guys, they're not, you know, they're not Latvian and they're not Croatian. I mean, they have a very, very strong basketball league, very proud country outstanding basketball, and they're going to pay him quite a bit of money to stay home. All right, uh, listen, if you want details on Mario Hazonia's buyout, you want video breakdowns, uh, or you just want to have a great follow tonight on the NBA draft, go to at Draft Express or go to DraftExpress.com. Jonathan, we know uh, you got – did you decide are you biking? Are you catching the subway? Are you walking over? Are you Ubering? How are you getting from your abode to the Barclays Center? I'm still debating that. I'm still taking suggestions from different people on Twitter. So if you have any ideas, let me know. You know, I might just walk, you know, clear my clear my thoughts and, uh, you know, keep working the phones on the way over there. All right, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, Jonathan. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Jonathan Joni joining us from DraftExpress.com. 